Jesus said, so if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. If the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. What does that mean? If you think about it, what does being set free really mean? Because in our lives, we've got many entanglements. There's a song that says that the chains that seem to bind us seem only to remind us that we need to praise him. All of us face a problem, and that is S-A-T-A-N. There is one who is like a roaring lion who seeks who he may devour. When you become one of God's children, you also become an enemy of the evil one. And he wants to steal. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal your attention. He wants to take from you. And unfortunately, many who walk the Christian life walk it in shame. They are constantly thinking, oh, I messed up again. How many times are you going to forgive me when I keep messing up? I've got this one problem or two problems or three problems or I'm married. I mean, I'm... I don't know whether, you know, as you get older, things just slip in. (laughs) But you know what? Jesus says he set you free. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. You have been set free. Free from what? Free from all kinds of things. First of all, most important... (laughs) It's everything we've done wrong. It's, it's like there's a great eraser. And all the things that we've done wrong are just taken off the board. They don't exist anymore. They only exist in our mind. <laughs> and Satan keeps bringing them back. Remember the time? Remember you did this? Remember you did that? If he can steal your joy... If he can get you thinking about failure rather than victory, he's won. <laughs> it says we're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, not through ourselves. But Jesus paid the price that we might be set free. So why, if we're free, do we find ourselves in bondage? Why do we find ourselves constantly going over our mistakes? Why do we feel unworthy? Because there's one who keeps saying, he's unworthy. She's unworthy. Look, and I got a whole list of stuff that they've done wrong. And God says, that list isn't valuable. It doesn't work. I don't have the same list. You may have a list, but I don't have it. But we, the people, we remember. (laughs) 
we can be bullied by the one who wants to keep us down. So we have to keep saying to ourselves, the one who the Son sets free is free indeed. Galatians 5.1 says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. (laughs) See, the problem isn't getting free. The problem is staying free. Because somebody wants to take you captive. He wants to get your attention. He wants to find the triggers in your life. He wants to find whatever causes you to begin to want or desire or go after things that are not good for you, but maybe a pleasure for a season. It says Moses gave up the, the pleasures of sin for a season. So he wants you to, to spend time. If he can just get you to stumble, usually what happens is once a person stumbles, it takes them a long time to get up. As long as I'm down here, <laughs> I, I remember saying that as a, one time. I said, all right, I've already sinned. As long as I've already sinned, I might as well get a few more in before I... <laughs> no, I really, I really did. That's how bad this mind is. So before I go back to try and live in the holy life, I'm just getting a few more of these in that I want to get done. My bucket list of sin. <laughs> it's not... The problem isn't that you're not set free. The problem is you don't remain free because you let that get a hold of you, grab a hold of you. Satan's out to get you to stumble, get you to fall. But Jude says, to him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless. You see, before the one who really counts God, you're faultless. More than that. You've been chosen. This one always is amazing to me. Ephesians says, before the world was even created, before the foundations of the world, you were chosen. God chose you. You're something special. Now, that's not what Satan wants you to believe. He wants to believe quite the offices. And when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, sometimes I have no problem believing that. But he wants you to think less of who you are than you are. But you're a child of the king. You belong to him, and he chose you. You see, we didn't come up with this. We didn't originate the idea of coming to God. It didn't come with us. We didn't, we're not that good. (laughs) No, but we respond. We love him because he first loved us and gave himself. Isn't that why we were yet sinners? Christ died for us. He he didn't die for us because we were holy. Didn't die because we were good. He died because we had a problem. Houston, we got a problem. S-I-N. We do wrong. We fall short of your glory. And everybody does. Christ died for us in that condition. He chose us to redeem us because he has a plan for us. 
There's something good. It's called the gospel, the good news. The good news. The good news is you are special. You have been chosen by God. He loves you. He did everything, including giving his son that you might come to him. (laughs) And he said, I'll give you life and give it to you more abundantly, not more unbearable. I'm a Christian. Have to go to church. And those people there, I don't know. Some of them are okay, but some of them I... Supposed to wait, supposed to read that Bible, supposed to read that Bible, supposed to study that Bible. I got to be good all the time. Even when others aren't good, I've got to be good. I got to set the example. If somebody cuts in front of me, I have to say, God bless you. (laughs) I have said it a few times, God bless you. Had to be good. Had to be good. Had to be good. Had to be good. You know, here's here's the thing. It's not a matter of you trying to do. It's a matter of letting God flow through you. <laughs> you see, it's it's the unction, the the power, the motivation comes from the Lord. The spirit within you wells up. He leads you. He'll direct your paths. He'll guide you. He's got a plan for you. We're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good things, which he's already planned in advance for us to do. God has a plan for you. God has had a plan from the beginning. He chose you. He died for you. He redeemed you. He set you free, and the enemy comes to battle you day and night. <clears throat> Don't give in. Try it. Christ has set you free. Don't lose your freedom. Romans chapter 6, verses 14 and 15 says, Sin no longer is your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of all the laws, all the things that you're supposed to be doing. You know, the Christianity, especially in the 1950s and 60s, was do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. Don't drink spit or chew, don't go with the girls that do. (laughs) One time you couldn't wear nylons. Yeah, that was sinful. Makeup was considered deceitful. In fact, there was a law in the books that if you married somebody and found out they wore makeup, you can divorce them on the grounds of deceit because they made themselves look better than they really are. I say, praise God. Dave Vernon McGee, a famous Bible teacher, still on the air today. People think he's still alive. They write to him all the time. He's been dead for years. <coughs> Died sometime in the 70s, I think. But Dave Vernon, a great Bible teacher, and, and uh, a lady said, you know, uh, it was an older lady, she came and she said, Is, do you think it's okay if we may wear makeup, we women? And Dave Vernon McGee, he had a kind of a Texas accent. 
Well, he says, I think a good coat of paint can help in the old barn. <laughs> he really said that, not me. That's, see why we don't go there, men? You don't, don't, tell, don't tell women jokes. But here's, here's the thing. God thinks you are beautiful just the way you are. Just the way you are. He created you. You're his workmanship. He forms you in the womb, it said. He knit you together. I think you missed a few hoops in my case, but... That's okay. You see, God doesn't make any junk. The world says, the world determines those things. The world says, you don't meet the standard. At one time it was Twiggy. Probably don't remember who Twiggy was, but if she got a runner in nylon, she'd fall out. I mean, she was, that girl was thin. David's on his way up. <laughs> Cut out the dad jokes. But one time, it was, it's really being thin. In Hawaii, it was being really large. In fact, the queen would get paid on just how heavy she was. You know? Depends on the culture. Have you seen those people that put the rings on the neck and they get these real long necks? That's attractive. Giraffe. Each culture has their own view of beauty. If you're going to go by the world standards, you're in trouble. God made you, and He created you, and He loves you. And He goes, That's good. If God says, That's good, that's good. Why do we believe the liar? Why do we believe the deceiver? Why do we believe the world and the world system who follow this deceiver? You've been set free. You're a child of God. And he has many, 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 many blessings. We have so many blessings, it's unbelievable. Let's walk in victory let's not walk in defeat let's claim what we have in Jesus Christ I've been set free all the consequences of my evil acts have been paid for and wiped away therefore God sees me as holy and pure he sanctified me set me apart for a holy purpose. And he has a purpose for all of us. He has something to do for us. And those who walk in the ways of the Lord find the blessings from that. God blesses us. Does that mean everything goes well? No, it says, when you go through the trials, when you walk through the water, it will not drown you. But doesn't mean you won't walk through water. I tried walking on water, and I ended up walking through it. (laughs) No, I can't walk on water. I mean, I haven't tried that in a long time. 
but we do go through trials. Peter says to the people, says, you are in heaviness through manifold trials. You're going through it. Do we go through it? Yeah, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Have you ever noticed that? When I'm out there and it's raining, the most wretched person in the world gets rained on and the most pious person, the most holy person gets rained on. Same rain. It falls on everybody. We all face trials. We all do. Tribulation. We all face it. When we, you know, in the 50s, they, they gave this idea of if you become a Christian, all your troubles are gone, gone, gone. And now you can just kind of tiptoe through the tulips. All is going to be well. Cotton candy clouds, so fluffy and white. You know, going to live in this dream world of bliss, utopia. No more trouble, no more trials. And you came to church and people acted like that's the case. They didn't share their problems. In the 50s, you know, you didn't hang your dirty laundry out for the public to see. That's what they'd say. Keep it private. Nobody wants to hear your problems. That's just the opposite of what God tells us to do. It says, bear ye one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. Carry, help. Undergird, strengthen, encourage those who are slipping, those who are falling, those who are going through trouble. Help them. Don't go pretend like it's not out there. That's what happened, though. Who does that? Who is the deceiver? Where does deceiving have its roots? Am I going to deceive you and let you think something that's not true? And plan it that way? Whose schemes are those? Think about it. Do the way, the things the Lord tells us to do, and you will receive blessing from it. Yeah, we're going to have problems. We haven't been set free from problems. We haven't been set free from trials. We haven't been set free from all kinds of consequences. But here's what we have been given. A peace that passes all understanding. A joy unspeakable and full of glory. For the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross. He endured. Do you get that? For joy you endure. Joy comes in the morning. That's good. I'm good. You keep laughing and I'll keep preaching. See, I... At least one person's on my wavelength. <laughs> I love, you ought to have seen her during the worship time. She is just a dancing, and man, she was a worshiping. That's, I love that. Because it says, child, children, such is the kingdom of God. Yeah, it's up there, down here. You, you understand that, that you should not be encumbered and chained and slaved to any of the problems in your life. You need to overcome them, not by your power, not by your strength, not by your mental ability, not by what you can do, not by your own worship of your will, 
But you overcome them because he that is in you is greater. You overcome them because he's given you the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit who's able to do things that you could never do. He will strengthen you. He will encourage you. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you understanding. He'll give you a a path to follow. Lead me, it says. (laughs) Lead me, and I'll follow. that's, That's the whole thing from the very beginning. Jesus says, will you follow me? He doesn't say, would you make it up as you go and report back to me and let me know how it's going? No, he says, follow me. Come after me. All of you who are heavy, laden. All of you who have encumbrances, who have problems, who face trials, who face tribulations, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Rest from what? Rest from all of that junk. You know? (laughs) I'm just telling you, we should be walking around as joy-filled people. Not as defeated, shameful, feeling terrible about our lives. Satan cannot stand a church that's full of joy. He cannot stand that. He doesn't like this church much. I mean, he doesn't. James, how did your doctor's appointment go? Very well. Good. I'm too joyous. You what? I'm too joyous. Too joyous. <laughs> See, that's the key. He's facing the C word, but he still has a smile on his face. How do you get that? How do you get that smile? How do you get that bounce in your step when you're facing cancer? Cancer's no fun. It's not good. But the joy of the Lord is good. And knowing this, no matter where we go, whatever the circumstances, we know that God is in control. Where he leads me, I will follow. Through the fire, yes. (laughs) I've been set free. You cannot intimidate me. You can say, you can say, you got all these faults, and you can say that all you want to. But the one who really counts, the one who I have to answer to before and in the end, is God. And if God says, I don't see it. (laughs) I'm reminded of when I used to go, we have three kids, one of each. (laughs) No, no, we had one girl. No, I'm sorry, we have one girl and two boys. Yeah. There comes a the joy. <laughs> you know, a groan is as good as a laugh in my book, <laughs> especially when I tell them. But anyway, <laughs> now I forget what I was going to tell you. That groan did it to me. What was I saying? Three, oh, no, yeah, three kids, one. So we go to there. Well, we really had. We had a girl and two boys. We had the girl first, so she can watch the boys, and she did. We go to school stuff. You know, if you're, you go into school stuff, they used to do more of this, I think. But the kids would perform. You know, they'd come and they'd do some kind of a deal, and and uh, they'd be up there, and 
There's a great scene in The Music Man where Professor Harold Hill is teaching the kids to play music by the think system. He, he didn't know a thing about notes. He didn't know anything. He was a con man. But he says, you just think how you want to play it. It'll come to you. So la-da-da-da-da-da, la-da-da-da. You just play that. You just think about it and play it. So he raises the baton and and one of the parents says, that's my boy. That's Timmy. What did he hear? He heard beautiful music from his son. Was it beautiful? No, but that's how he heard it. Do you see what God does? He looks at us and he goes, that's my child. Now the world says you can't sing, you can't play, you can't do this. God says, that's my boy. That's my girl. Because God loves us and love covers a multitude of bad music. Because he loves you, he cares for you, he created you. You're his gem. You're the apple of his eye, it says in scripture. He loves you and he set you free. You're no longer under condemnation. You're no longer under Satan's terrible attack. He's trying to attack you, but it doesn't have any power to it. Because you've been set free. Because you've been given life and given it more abundantly. He's come to heal your disease. I don't care if you have alcohol addiction. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. He is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I remember I praying for uh, a man who was in his, uh, I'd say probably mid-30s, somewhere in that area. And he had a this is quite a while ago, but he had a cocaine habit and it was really bad. He owned a business and he was spending thousands, I mean tens of thousands of dollars on cocaine. He was heavily addicted. He came to Jesus and he said the next day when he woke up he no longer had an addiction. That's unheard of. When it comes to cocaine, it's very difficult. But instantly he was healed. That doesn't happen to everybody. Um, let me just set the record straight. Because somebody's going to go out here, okay, I can just be healed. <clears throat> you can be healed. Not necessarily going to happen. It has happened. Because nothing is able to bind you or keep you when Jesus is your captain. When Jesus is your Lord. When Jesus is your master and you're following him. He'll give you power. He'll give you power. After you receive the Holy Spirit, you should receive dunamis, miraculous power. I don't care what it is. If it's a disease of addiction, God can help you with that. Now, it doesn't mean you won't struggle. It doesn't mean you won't have to work at it. But he'll give you the power to do it. And the more closer you walk with the Lord, the more you're in his presence, the more it satisfies your soul like nothing else can do. Fact in the, back in the late 60s, <laughs> they had a thing called Jesus People Movement. And drugs were going like crazy. I mean, they exploded in the late 60s. 
And people were always talking about getting high. And then one person said, I'm high on Jesus. And I thought for a minute, I said, you know what? There is a high on Jesus. When you walk with the Lord and you're getting blessings from him, there's a spiritual high that comes along that just nothing else can match. Nothing else can match it. My friend Dale Hadley and I, what are we doing here? My friend Dale Hadley and I went down to San Francisco uh, for, a, he was in, we were in college at the time, he and uh, Nader was doing a, a consumer thing. He was, you know, took the Corvair to court and all that junk. Anyway, went down there, and that was right in the middle of the late 60s when it was happy time. <laughs> and we, we got to this hotel, and, and he, had, he had spent hours before we left. He'd spent hours researching, finding where's the best place to stay. Find a hotel near the convention, find it for a good price, and he, and he did all this research, hours upon hours. He says, I found the hotel. It's called the Pickwick Hotel. It's right downtown. It's right near the convention. So it said, Pickwick, the pick of the city. I mean, if you, you know, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? So, so we get there. It was the pick of the city in 1920. It was no longer the pick of the city. As a matter of fact, they only had, the elevator had one of these things where they, it was operated. You, you probably don't know what that is. Elevators, these things go up and down. You just press a button, you know. Before, you had to run them. And you had to make sure you get to the floor and it stopped at the right place. Or So it was an old hotel. And, it, you know, the, the lobby was about the size of our bathroom. It was very small. And so I just, I couldn't help myself. After hours of study, you got the pick of the city, all right. So I'm, I'm laughing. And I'm laughing uncontrollably. When, when somebody starts laughing uncontrollably, the other person eventually has to laugh, too. It's either cry or laugh. So we're laughing, and we get on the elevator. The elevator operator, you know, we're going, we're just having to go, man. And the elevator operator says, uh, he says, if you run out of some of that stuff, I got some more for you. <laughs> True story. He says, you got to be, you know, he figures we got to be high because nobody laughs when they come to that hotel. I mean, <laughs> most of them are crying on the way up. Oh, man, did I ever? Because you can find joy in almost any circumstance. If you're looking for the joy of the Lord, if you're looking for the peace of God, if you're understanding who's in charge and what's going on, yes, tragedy happens. And yes, we have emotions. And yes, we'll weep. But joy comes in the morning. We may weep for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Because we have been set free. So walk as people who have been set free. Just don't use your liberty in a way that harms others. If God sets you free, and Romans goes through this whole thing, 
that you begin to live by the Spirit of God. You begin to live by God's teaching and his, what he's doing. And some things that you can do, other people can't do. It says those who are weak, they can't do certain things. It's very interesting. Those who are weak have more set on them than those who are free. Paul says, all things are lawful for me. Not all things are expedient. Not all things are good. (coughs) But I can do anything I want if I'm in the spirit of God. So you can enjoy things that other people can't enjoy. As long as you're free in the spirit of God. Walk in freedom. (coughs) Don't let people set up your Christian life. You do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do that. No. Wake up with the joy of the Lord in the morning. Instead of waking up to the dread of the Lord in the morning. If you see every day as an adventure in Jesus no matter what's coming before you. You know, I found strength from the Lord to go to the dentist because I don't like going to the dentist. And if I had my druthers, I wouldn't because every time I go, it hurts. And I said, you know, sitting in a chair and you go, does that hurt? No, I'm just going down the chair and screaming because I like to. Ah! But I know I need, sometimes I need to do what's best for me in spite of what is happening there. Sometimes we have to go through the things that are hard to get to the right at the end of it. And I need help sometimes. You see, Jesus, he's in the garden, right? And he says, stay with me. Pray, and they go to sleep. Stay with me, he says. They go to sleep. What's going on? It says that he was in deep, deep prayer. Because what was he facing? A torturous death. Anybody in their right mind does not go, wee let's go do it. He was struggling. He says, if it's possible, if it's possible, let this cup, let this torturous death not happen. I don't want to go. But not my will, but your will be done. Yeah. There are struggles. There are things. But we need to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and not lean on our own understanding. But in all our ways, we need to turn to him and he will direct our paths. You've been set free. Now live as people set free. (laughs) We should have smiles on our faces. Doesn't mean we don't go through problems. Doesn't mean we don't go through trials. Doesn't mean we don't have problems. What it means is we have the joy of the Lord and the joy of the Lord becomes our strength. (laughs) I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Strength. 
And strength comes from joy. We used to sing a chorus. Daniel says, you always sing these hymns and choruses, and if I do it, I get in trouble. Well, I'm old. We used to sing this song. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. I've got the joy in my heart. Here's a good one for you. James says, count it all joy when you go through problems. And when I first heard that verse, I'm thinking, I get a flat tire. I'm going to go out and look at the flat tire. I've got the joy, 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 joy down. That's not my first reaction. Why? Because I'm in the flesh. I have a carnal reaction. But if I would just wait upon the Lord. What's it say? They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Wait on the Lord. Sometimes you got to take a breath and say, here am I, Lord. I need your help. I need you. I need you all the time. And if you do that, He'll meet you. I guarantee you. He will meet you. He'll give you strength, encouragement, motivation. He'll lead. All we have to do is follow. That's all we've ever done with him from the very beginning. He chose us before the foundations of the world. He loved us before we loved him. We respond to him. He gives and we respond. He gives and we respond. In John, Jesus says, no one comes to the Father unless the Father draws him. No one comes to me unless the Father draws him. You're drawn. He's chosen you. Come. Come. When When he calls to the disciples, come. Follow me. Come. Come. That same message is here today. If you don't know Jesus, not about, I'm not talking about knowing about Jesus. Lots of people know about Jesus. I'm talking about if you don't know him, if you don't really know him, he's saying to you this morning, come, come. I loved you. I chose you. I'm drawing you. Come, come, and receive life, and get set free. Get set free. If you're facing things you can't handle, get set free. If you feel unwanted, if you feel unloved, if you feel a failure, come, be set free. Be set free, because you're worth the death of Jesus. You're worth the death of Jesus. You're worth the Son of God dying because he loves you so much. If you don't know him in a real way, don't leave here without finding Jesus. And there's tons of people who can lead you to Jesus. We have them here. 
They wait in the prayer room to pray with you. I know even James. James here, he knows how to lead people to Jesus. That's the gift he got from God. He got the gift of evangelism. But there's nothing more joyful than to see somebody who's been set free. When you see the burdens are lifted, when all that care is taken off and they turn. I'll tell you this last story in closing. I was, my, my first senior pastorate was down in California, in Orange, California, just a spitting dim, distance from Disney. And uh, one day a, a couple came in and they wanted to get married. I said, well, do you know the Lord? No. So then I had to do this thing. Do you marry people who don't know Jesus? Or do you not marry them? Because some pastor's manuals say, don't marry somebody who doesn't belong to Jesus. There's a whole thing out there. But the Spirit of God says, don't you call unclean what I call clean. Don't you condemn anybody. You just do. If they've come to you, give what they're asking for. So I said, okay. First, we can have counsel. And they said, okay. Why? I'll tell you why. Because there's somebody in charge up there. That's why. So we counsel. And part of what I said was, in marriage, believe it or not, you're going to face sometimes a disagreement. <laughs> times and times and times and a half. You're going to face some disagreement. And when you cannot come to a conclusion, don't laugh too hard. Your wife's sitting right next to you. <laughs> when you can't come to a conclusion, come see me. About a year later, here they come. She looks like she got run over by a truck. She's just, just down. She's really, really down. And he comes in. She was Jewish. And he came and he says, uh, and this, some people won't believe when I tell these stories, but they actually happened. They really did. He comes in and they sit down and he goes, can you fix her? <laughs> I'll fix you, buddy. <laughs> can you fix her? I took one look at her and, and God says, you know what to do. And I said to her, I said, you know what you need? You need Jesus. You need Jesus. So I led her to Christ. When she came in, she was, you know, dragging her jaw on the ground. And then all of a sudden, her countenance changed. She lit up. She lit up the joy of the Lord God in her soul. And I mean, she lit up. And went outside, she goes, it's sunny out here. She didn't notice the sun on the way in. But she knew it on the way out. Why? Because her life had been changed. She came to Jesus. I'm telling you, Jesus changes things. And he'll set you free. For who the Son sets free is free indeed. And keep saying that through this week. It's not a hard verse to learn. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Let's just say it together once. 
who the Son sets free is free indeed. You got to keep saying that, and you got to tell the enemy that. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Get thee behind me, Satan. Not going to listen to your trash, your garbage. Get out of here. In the name of Jesus, get lost. Hit the road, Satan. Don't you come back no more. <laughs> That's a hymn. That, you know, no. <laughs> Let's pray, shall we? Father in heaven.